Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Super Breakaway is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals and last-minute tickets. Did you know the Rangers' ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Of course you know that, because you listen to this podcast every week and you know about Game Time. Game Time tracks prices in real time for thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. That's right. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. If you want to see the Rangers, I believe it's next week at home versus the Capitals, it's a Wednesday, it's a late-start game. Get game time. Go to the game the day of hours before. Head to the App Store or the Play Store now to download game time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Gigantic show today. Gigantic. Got Eric Young, WWE Superstar. Greg and I have a 40-minute, I believe, five-star question section at the end of the podcast. Touch on a bunch of different topics from the week. Could, can't thank you guys enough for the support over the, over the many, many, many years. We have some surprises in store even more over the next coming weeks. Let's get to Mark Messier and the show. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Butcher's Breakaway. I am your host, as per always, Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also of The Athletic. Greg, say hello. Speaking of The Athletic, got to apologize off the bat. This is the number one New York Rangers podcast, and we don't open the show with Pete Alonso being Rookie of the Year. Greg, what do you have to say? Uh, I just, <laughs> he should have been unanimous. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. I <laughs> uh, got the end of the day out of the way early, too. At the same time, a tough look for us that the the, the guy who voted for Soroka is an athletic writer. It's is, a tough look, Ryan. Listen, Soroka, obviously the numbers are there. I'm here to talk about the Raiders. Um, let's <laughs> We can get to Pete Alonso at the end. We have a lot of five-star questions. Let's give you the show structure for today. Greg and I are going to do what we normally do. We have a very special WWE superstar guest. And then we're going to go back and do five-star questions. Let's start with the Rangers, Gregory. Uh, three games have happened since we last convened on this wonderful podcast or at least the main show and that uh those being the hurricanes uh, a game where i guess Hendrick lundquist literally stole it from them like couldn't have couldn't have taken it any more than he already did uh the red wings who he pummeled on and then the red wings proceeded to beat i believe the vegas knights and the boston bruins so, so the nhl is certainly is weird and then we had maybe the most exciting game of the season which is the panthers rangers uh where the panthers bested the rangers in overtime in a shootout, which is a skills competition that eventually should go away. 
Uh, which game to you was the best narrative for the Rangers season, or was there, or, or was there just was this not a thing? Am I making this uh, up? Well, I just want to I just want to start with the psychopaths that listened to the entire yeah uh, this is a BSBOT good point. this week. You guys, I don't think you deserve credit. Um, a mental health evaluation, maybe you deserve something. It concerns me. This is a uh, wonderful point because you and I did a BSBOT. And what those are, in case you're wondering, on theathletic.com, you can save 40% up right now if you sign up with code BSB, all undercase. Um, we did a live watch of the, of the Detroit game. And pretty much, I guess, what, an hour and 24 minutes, something like that, out of the hour and 15 minutes we recorded, which was ridiculous. It was, such the, it was the worst idea we've ever had. Uh, we were like, hey, if you, were, uh, if you listened to this, can you just tweet us Icicle Hamburgers? We've gotten like 50 tweets that say Icicle Hamburgers. It makes no sense. I don't know who you None people whatsoever. are, and I'm so sorry that you sat there, me and Greg, live watching a game while it wasn't live for you. So the takeaway for the Red Wing game, by the way, was, was there one? Because I didn't learn any, yeah. anything Yeah, no, the takeaway about... from the Red Wings game is I don't think we're ever doing that in a audio-only format ever again. That's, Let me put it that way. That's factual. But um, there was no other takeaway. I I, Jimmy Howard's human, Yeah, I guess. super nice to beat Jimmy Howard, especially at MSG, a place he reigns supreme for many, many years. I don't know. It, it, it's, hard, it's hard to take anything away from that game. Like, it's hard to take anything away from the Ottawa game that was the second game of the year where the Rangers won 4-1. to one. Because it's just two bad teams playing each other. And sometimes when, I think anytime when two bad teams play each other, it's just hard to evaluate anything, the good or the bad, just because we don't really know what we're even looking at. Uh, if anything, I think the game that was most telling, well, I guess it's a tie between the Hurricanes and the Panthers. The Hurricanes, the Rangers had no business winning. None whatsoever. The only reason why they won is because of Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, when you give up 47 shots and 90, 90. opportunities. That's not a 90. typo from Greg's Nine mouth. Zero. Not a typo. 9-0. 9-0. Yeah. 90 opportunities for the Hurricanes. You, you don't deserve to win. And hockey's hockey's a weird sport where if your goaltender decides to play out of his mind, good things are going to happen. And the Rangers' offensive uh, abilities are good enough where – if you can sneak a couple past, Henrik Lundqvist can do the rest. But didn't deserve to win that game. And then against the Panthers, you see exactly what happens when Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik didn't even play badly against the Panthers. He just played like a closer to normal goalie. And a closer to normal goalie when he's getting barraged by really good offensive players. Shit. He's going to give up five goals. If you're not going to limit the opportunities in your defensive zone, Goals are going to happen. It's more likely that, it, and this is why you, you can't take uh, goals against average as like a meaningful goaltender statistic anymore because it's just, you look, it, it's like, it's just ridiculous that Henrik Lundqvist had a, gave up five goals and it's going to hurt his season long average when any normal human being watches that game and just goes, this should be 12 easily. But it's just because of Hank that it's even a game. I thought both goaltenders could have easily given up at least eight goals, um, depending on that game was so back and forth, so free flowing and very limited defense on both sides that uh, it could, there could have been more, but fortunately or unfortunately for us, there wasn't Hank did play well. Uh, I won't say he, 
He didn't. What was, is there like, I, I forget the stat I saw. It was like uh, the amount of dangerous shot or quality shot attempts he faced was some sort of astronomical number. I don't know. I guess we can get to Lindy Ruff now. Well, right? I know, I know the, I know the Hurricanes game, the expected goals scored for the Hurricanes six was point, six. 6.32, I believe. Yeah. And, and it, what? And he led up two. Yes. I mean, <laughs> oh, and one was scored just... by Elias Anderson, you should mention. Who, uh, I guess there's so many topics we have to talk about. Would you like to do Leas or, or Lindy Ruff or Mika Zabinajad? Um, those are all the things we, we have to hit on. So which one would you choose getting, your own adventure? Just, let's let's do let's do Leas because I'm just getting tired of it. Yeah, me it's too. It's just exhausting. The Brooks article obviously came out today. I didn't read it out of uh, negligence, really, because I didn't want to. I got the gist from you guys uh, in our private Slack channel. I guess that was a brag. I didn't mean to be. But I don't see it as Leas' fault that he's playing on the fourth line and he's not get, getting the opportunity he deserves. Probably, maybe uh, maybe the draft pedigree doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter, because no matter where you were drafted, you could become a great player, you could become a bad player. We've seen it happen with Dylan McArath. We just saw it last week. But with Leas Anderson, he's not getting the opportunity to thrive. He's getting like seven minutes or less, like almost every single night. I don't know what he's doing wrong, except scoring on Henrik Lundqvist, of course, um, after being benched. What is the problem with Leas Anderson? And... It, it's obviously not him. Just is Quinn telling him what he needs to do to be better? I'm unsure. We're not. We're not in the locker room. I. I. I just don't. I don't see this. I rather see the Larry Brooks article as, Leas might be traded, and you should get ready for it. I. Just, I don't think there's a problem. I think that's. I think that's the problem. There's. There isn't a problem, and yet we end up talking about it every week. It's someone is always unhappy or someone is always going to be unhappy with how a player is getting deployed. And that doesn't mean that something is absolutely wrong. Uh, should Leas have gotten scratched against the Red Wings? Probably not. Is it the end of the world that he did? Absolutely not. Nope. Again, as I, I'm going to beat it to death, it's just hockey is the only sport of the four major sports where we throw – a freaking hissy fit when a player doesn't play in every single game. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal that one Leah Anderson is still on the fourth line right now as we're what, not even 15. Are we 15 games into this Ranger season? We're will, somewhere around there. I will double check, but yes, I believe so. So we're not even at the quarter mark of this season yet Two. What Leas is doing in a limited role this year is not indicative of the type of player Leas Anderson could be in two, three, four years. Philip Hedo played fourth line minutes last year. It seemed every there are people in Leas Anderson's draft class, first round draft picks, that are yet to even play ten games in the NHL, and it feels like we're ready to decide that Leas Anderson is either ruined beyond repair or Elias Anderson is not going to be a useful hockey player for the New York Rangers at any point in his NHL career. And the Rangers need to trade him while his market is established in any way, shape or form. It's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's all, all of it is exhausting because we've, we've, we, it feels like we've talked about this every week since the season started. Yes. Elias Anderson has deserved more playing time with the New York Rangers. Yes, Brett Howden hasn't really done anything to separate himself 
from Leah Sanderson. Yeah, but he gets so the, the opening time. Outen, he gets the overtime face-off. Which is, yeah, it's just it's, it's unbelievable. All, it's all it's all weird. It's not unbelievable. It's just weird. And it, we've talked about it hundreds of times. And I'm sure if you just do a supercut of our last four, five, six episodes of Nobody this podcast, do that. You, nobody do you that. get us you get us saying the same shit over and over again, which is like, well, I'm sure Brett Howden's the kind of guy that looks like he's trying really hard, which is something David Quinn probably likes. It's just trying doesn't always equal producing. And we've seen it time and time again, that in very, Leah Sanderson has not been worse than Brett, Outer, Brett Howden. He hasn't been significantly better this year. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say that. Leah has also on, had worse line mates by far, like the entire year than Brett Howden has. So yeah, but the, at, at the same time, if we're looking at individual performance and there are ways to look at just individual performance, it's not necessary. Brett Howden has had more opportunity to do good things. So you can hold that against him at the same time. It's not like Leah Sanderson is breaking down the door to make a decision hard for a coach. It's we're at a point in the season where it's, it's gotten to a point where it's less about Leah Sanderson deserves more playing time and more about Brett Howden needs less playing time because I, I don't think we can sit here and say Leah Sanderson has been significantly better than Brett Howden. I don't think he has. I don't think there's a single metric that shows that he has. It's just Brett Howden hasn't really done anything with the opportunity given to him. And he seems overmatched at times. So it's more about reeling in Brett Howden than it is about propelling Leah Sanderson at the same time, for whatever reason, the only center on the New York Rangers who has not had his role shift the entire year is Leah Sanderson. So it, it's it's all odd. And it, it does feel weird that Philip Heedle wasn't too good for Hartford, seemed to go down there, play for a coach that allowed him to, to thrive, and he's come back to the NHL, seemingly the player we all hoped he would be from the start of the season. He's been electric. It's weird. Absolutely. It's electric. weird that it's weird that both Howden and Leas don't play by this by the same rules as Philip Heedle, where if, if Heedle's not good, not too good for Hartford, neither should Leas and Howden. And one of them should just go down to Hartford. I don't, this is, this is really the thing at this point. It's, there isn't a presence in Hartford that should be prohibiting Howden and Anderson from playing top center minutes. And there, there really isn't a need if it's a nine minute or less role, which is what, the fourth line center has been for the New York Rangers for the most of the season. Booney Evans is perfectly capable. He, we know he's a good enough hockey player where if you're running him out there for 10 minutes a night on the fourth line, you're not giving anything up. He plays a good enough two-way style of hockey that he should just be given the Rangers fourth line center job moving forward and just go let Leas or Howden, fuck it, go let both of them go to Hartford and cook for a while. Let them get their confidence under them and when they're ready to come back up then give one of them a top nine minute uh top nine role it's just just i'm i'm honestly just tired i i really don't want to spend more time talking about leah sanderson because there's nothing new to talk about there's nothing new we need to cover it's the same shit we've been talking about all year it's the same problem david quinn has shown for the last 18 months there's just nothing new for us to say it's uh, the same things. Let's make Howden a, doesn't let's make a deal. The time he's getting. Let's make a deal. What's you, the deal? You and I have covered Leah Sanderson a lot this year. I'm going to have one more point about him. But unless he gets traded or sent down to the AHL, we won't talk about him on the next two episodes. For this reason. That's it. If he, yeah, if, it just, 
if I, he if I he like it's, scores it's just, obviously or he gets moved up, we could talk about it then. But if it's the same shit where he's getting seven minutes or less every single night, let's just not bring it up. It's not on us. There's really there just really isn't a need, and I, I get that it's a thing that's stuck in a lot of people's craws at this point in time. But th- there are just some undeniable facts, and one of them is quite honestly, as much as Leah Anderson should just get the benefit of the doubt and be given more playing time, we can't sit here and tell you. He's been very good. He's been fine, but I don't think he's been very good. Just like Brett Howden hasn't been very bad. He's been underwhelming, but in comparison to the other Rangers skaters this year, Leas and Howden are pretty fucking close. So it's like, should Howden be dropped back for a couple games or sent to Hartford? Yeah, I think it might help him. It seems odd that Brett Howden, I think he has like four career games in the AHL. As a 21-year-old, like, it's it's odd. It's always been odd with Howden. And we've mentioned how odd we've it is. We've mentioned it over and over again because he just feels he like has, Quinn's favorite. He has, he has a really big fan in David Quinn, and David Quinn is really excited about him as a player. doesn't make him good. It also doesn't make him terrible. Like, it's just one of those things where I, I we get so frustrated that Howden is struggling, we forget that he's still a kid and that what we're seeing from Howden still- right now – it, it's it's the same thing like Leas. What we see from Howden right now doesn't mean that's going to be what we see from Howden in the next two, three, four years. He's in a rut now. The Rangers seemingly continue to put him in high leverage situations, which is fine. Again, the Rangers, not exactly a great hockey team. So put your young kids in high leverage situations. It's just that we've seen Howden struggle to swim where Leas Anderson is stuck in the in the shallow end. And I, I, I forever will never quite understand why David Quinn doesn't flip those two even once. I do, think- but again, I just, I, I just, this conversation is exhausting, and I don't, I don't want to have it anymore. And I think the two week break from mentioning Leah Anderson, unless he gets magically boosted or magically sent down or magically, or magically traded. traded, I just, I, there's no reason for us to keep having this conversation. It really isn't. Not on a week-to-week basis. Final thoughts. Maybe once a month. Final thoughts until the next time we will talk about Leas Anderson is December 2nd. Final thoughts. The only reason they released this story or leak any information to Larry Brooks possibly is that they're getting the fan base ready for a trade. And that is really how I feel. I know I'm a conspiracy theorist about these things, but if if, if he's uh, if he's for pool party, as I will call him, uh, from the Edmonton Oilers, I will gladly do that trade straight up. I don't think that happens. I know Pool Party said he's staying in Finland the rest of the year, but we'll see. That might be positioning also. Pool Yard. Well, it's what I'm it, right another. You you love the conspiracy theory. I but do. Again, it seems it seems very odd the Rangers aren't showcasing Leas Anderson for a trade. If that's your conspiracy theory, it is. It seems but, very odd. It seems very odd that they're trying it, it. It like the Edmonton Oilers. It feels like the New York Rangers are doing everything in their power to suppress the open market value of Leas Anderson and just. To the Jesse Poyarvi point, mm-hmm. uh, even if he wants to stay in Finland for the rest of this year, the Rangers should be as interested in him today as they were a week ago, as they were six weeks ago, as they were three months ago. Uh, again, the New York Rangers, not exactly the world's greatest hockey team, with or without Leas Anderson and Jesse Poyarvi, teams not likely making the playoffs. So if the Rangers feel Jesse Poyarvi is more impactful over the long term, and more likely to help this team the next time they actually do want to make a big playoff push, you make that trade and you give them a new contract in June. Go for it. 
Leas, over. Uh, let's talk about maybe one of the reasons why Leas isn't at the AHL level, and that's because Mika Zavinajad is still hurt. He will be not be making the Florida trip, so that means he will be out the next three games. He won't be playing against the Penguins, the Lightning, or the Panthers. And supposedly, and we don't really know what's happening, but he's still rehabbing and getting ready to be back 100% on the ice. Now, Greg, you've made this case a million, million times at this point where we know the information on every other player in every other sport for injuries, but in this case, we don't know what exactly is up with Mika Zibinijad. It's always been framed as protecting your player, as a reason for if, if, you, if the other team knew, they would exploit it, but that doesn't stop football from doing it, and maybe that's the gambling side of it. Who knows? But with Mika Zibinijad, should we start to be a little more worried? Because it's been, I, I believe he's missed nine games now, something like that, ten games? And no, I think it's only seven. Is it? I'm making shit up. Yeah. Athletic Ryan Mead. Uh Should we be concerned? No. I, I, I don't think. Could, well, if it's it a concussion, we wanna... we'll, we'll be concerned. But they haven't said anything it's a concussion at all. Yeah, it, it depends. It depends how we want to frame the word concerned. Uh, you're concerned if it's a concussion because Mika has a history with them. And you never – you don't want that lingering moving forward with a player – there have been a lot of great careers cut short Rick Nash. because of constant head injuries. So, and and just for his personal well-being, that uh, it's not something we should feel comfortable with. But should we be concerned, like from a how does this impact the Rangers long-term this season? Concerned? No, I'm more. Cons- I'm more concerned about Mika Zibanejad's health because my and my theory this whole season, as we podcasted literally all summer and every summer before that is that I want to get a top three pick, top four pick, load up and go these next 10 years. I think this is the last chance you have to do that. So if we are in, and as every chart and metric says we are, if we are in the bottom of the pool, I'm so fine with that. Mika can take all the time he wants to rest. I don't mind at all. But I, I, I am concerned about his, if it's concussion, I want to know as a fan because that affects his long-term playing. Like, that's a real situation. We've seen Sidney Crosby sit out a whole year because of these situations. So I, I'm well, concerned about because of the jet in general. The injury stuff is weird on two fronts because it's weird that the NHL doesn't require teams to be forthright with injuries. And you can just say stuff like upper body, lower body. And it, it's weird that the reasoning some people go to is, well, we don't want opposing teams to know what part of the body is hurt on our players because they might take advantage of that well then that's a league problem that you can't police how players play and that's on you if you're worried about some people taking dirty hits at people's legs simply because their leg might be dinged up well then maybe do a better job of controlling your league to prevent that from happening i also think the number of there's a difference between taking advantage of an injury whereas if you know a defenseman on the ice has a bum groin and you know he's going to be slower that's one thing He's always going to be slower anyway. Doesn't matter if the team knows his, it's specifically the groin. If they see a defenseman is struggling on any given night, they're going to take advantage of that. But if you're worried about someone like Tom Wilson charging at someone's head because they're coming off a head injury, well, then maybe you should do a better job of punishing fucking Tom Wilson. Like, that's that's not on the team. It's it, The team shouldn't feel the need to hide an injury from another team because they don't want a dirty hit happening. That it's it's a bad defense. At the same time, with that said, 
sports is the only institution in American society where we feel obligated to know the health of all our favorite people at the same time. Like, when you really think about it, it's ridiculous it that break, we It know... breaks, like, every HIPAA law, period. Yeah, well, it's just like, it really is none of our business if someone picks up an injury. Like, my day is not impacted if Mark Stahl gets ankle surgery. That, it, like... I whatever I was going to do that day, I will continue to do it. And if Mark Stahl gets a surgery and he doesn't want people knowing about it, well, he should have like if I got a surgery, I don't need to report that to the athletic, and they don't need to let people know that Greg Kaplan is day to day with an ankle surgery, but we expect him to podcast by Monday. Yeah, but that'd be I, weird. Yeah, but when I scoop it and post it first, so many retweets. You would never know if I had surgery. <laughs> that, that, unless it happened on a Monday, that's the only way you would know. That's true. But, like, it's weird. It, it's the only corner of our lives where this stuff shouldn't be public, and yet we almost require it to be public because of everything that hinges on an individual player's health on a game-to-game basis outside of that game. It, but if that was the reason the NHL wanted to give – I feel like we'd all be like, all right. I mean, that's fair. Sure. Just tell us when a guy can't play. Don't tell us why he can't play. Everything's fine. It's really, it's really that the NHL or at least NHL feels like they control injury types because they don't want players targeted. That is just dumb. Again, if a player has an injury on the ice, a team will just see it in his play. They, they might not know his leg is the thing that's slowing him down, but if they see a weak player on the ice, they will do everything they can to take advantage of that weak player. Also, teams shouldn't be putting players in those positions to begin with. And it's I, I it's it's all just very, very strange to me. That that's really what it is. But it for is what strange. it does to the Rangers season, nah, man. It, with or without Mika Zibinijet, I don't think this is a playoff team. And we have Eric Young on the podcast later, who like Tom Williams before him is going to tell us how he feels the Rangers might actually be a playoff team. Love Eric, love Tom. Uh, I'd, I'd be happy to eat my words. I just I don't know how you can look at this team the way they play defense and come away thinking that it's a playoff team. I really I I don't see it. Let's talk about some of the good uh, and the bad real quick, and then we'll get to the interview with Eric real uh, post haste. I guess is the way I'm looking. I was gonna say quickly again, but I didn't want to double up. The good this week. Obviously, the kids have taken a step forward. Uh, Kapokako has really, uh, truly worked on his game. It looks like, well, he's always been working on his game, right? Who, who, of course, he has praise B. But with Kapo, it looks like this is the week he actually found his footing. He was able to get himself to the net and uh, make some pretty fancy maneuvers multiple times this week. It looks like he played really well. Philip Heedle can't stop scoring. Uh, I would say a lot of, uh, <laughs> and I, I've been waiting for do, to do this, Adam Fox, Gregory, looks like... Uh, Looks, just the greatest, greatest player. Looks like the Rangers' He's, best defender currently, and I took some flack when I said that, but I really do feel that way. Like the I, numbers, the numbers back it up too. He's very easily been the Rangers, not just the Rangers' best defenseman, just the best Ranger player outside of Artemi Panarin. And we're going to talk and about Truba somehow. And, Ryan Strom. Yeah, I, I don't know. know how that happened. We're going to talk about Truba and the five star questions after the interview with Eric Young, but. I don't see, like, you know, I'm more of a Tony D'Angelo supporter than you are. I understand where there's defense is. I understand. Um, I Fox has blown him away. Fox is now the number one of the power play. He's just been, I would have, I know at the time some people, I hate, why am I doing this? I hate doing this. 
people said on the internet that two second-round picks was too much for Fox. No, it wasn't. This kid is an absolute stud who looks like a fifth-year veteran already, uh, one that could actually play hockey, I guess, rather than somebody else that can't, and and is just so comfortable on the ice. There was one mistake he made against Florida where there was a power play where everyone just looked like crap, and there was a breakaway by Florida, and he came back and broke it up. Like, the kid is accountable. He is ready, and he's by far the best Rangers defender. I, I don't think that changes anytime soon. No, and he also set up Panarin for what could have been the game winner in overtime and Panarin. I mean, he got, he, I, also I think sco- he, got, he also scored off Strom's shoulder this week. So he's done a lot. He's done a lot. He's, he's been fantastic. He's been better than we could have hoped him to be. He's been better than we imagined him to be under any circumstance. The condition in the trade the Rangers made with the Hurricanes is if Fox plays more than 30 games this year, that third round pick becomes a second round pick. There is outside of injury, just no scenario where Adam Fox goes back to Hartford nope. because he's he's the, their best defenseman right now. So I can't imagine what this team would look like if you took Adam Fox off the ice. He's he's probably been, in my mind, the biggest and most important development for the New York Rangers this year because even with Truba's poor play, and we'll get to him later, uh, there were still a lot of question marks on that defense. And... Adam Fox has firmly, firmly and easily answered one of those questions. He's a guy you don't got to worry about moving forward. He's a guy you can pair with just about anybody and seemingly carry the weight of that line. You, you We do not have to work, worry about Adam Fox at any point in the near future. And it is I cannot remember the last time the Rangers had a defenseman like that where I just didn't have to worry about them. Uh, but while we're talking about guys we don't have to worry about, it's something we brought up on BSBOT towards the end and we were getting a little loopy. Yeah. So I don't think we had uh, the us. proper mental mindset to actually discuss it in full. I think that's correct. I think it's time we discuss about the possibility the New York Rangers don't trade Ryan Strom. Uh, you want to do here's, this here's now? The this is like yeah, 20 I do, more minutes. Because I, <laughs> no, I, I, feel, I feel like it's, it, we, need to, we need to talk it out. Okay, I'm so, here. He's he, unlike Kreider, who's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, Strom is simply a restricted free agent. So there's no the ticking clock with Strom is if he keeps up this kind of play, we get to a point where Ryan Strom, who is firmly like a middle, like in an ideal world, a middle six forward who has some versatility to play to bounce between center and wing, but he's not a guy you want to be paying even. Five million dollars plus, like you. The, the the reason why the Rangers got into the cap situation they used to be is because they started giving out contracts to guys you shouldn't be giving out contracts to, and we're it. It's going to be an uncomfortable conversation when we have this talk about Jesper Fast later this year because he has a raise coming his way if the Rangers choose to extend him again. It's the whole reason why we've said we're team trade Kreider at the trade deadline because what that contract looks like when Kreider is in his 30s is not anything we are in the appetite for. So I I think with Strom, we have been some of the loudest trade while the stock is at its highest boys. I'm still there, by the way, in case you're wondering. Still there. With Strom, this summer we were calling for trades because you and I looked at that 22.5% shooting percentage and said, it's not going to get better than this. Other teams – 
might think it could get better than this, we should strike while the iron is hot. And it's almost easy to forget that Strom is the same age as Jacob Truba. He's not – just because he's been around doesn't mean he's old. He's a former top five pick. He has pedigree. He's playing incredibly well with Artemi Panarin. It's a it's a partnership that works. He's averaging just about a point per game this season. The good news is if we wanted to trade Ryan Strom, the iron is still incredibly hot. But I, I think if this play continues, I think the conversation of should the Rangers trade Strom because he's not – I think Ryan Strom could – be part of the next three years worth of Rangers teams. The question is really one, would Strom accept that short of a contract Two, what does that contract look like on an annual basis? And three, um, is Ryan Strom the type of depth player in the middle of your lineup? Is it sustainable? And I, I think that's, that's really what it's it's coming down to. I, I'm still team trade Strome because I don't even want to think about what if this guy lucks into a 60 point season, what his contract demands are all of a sudden going to be. Like James Neal got seven million dollars. I James Neal shouldn't have gotten seven million dollars or north of six million dollars. I don't remember what it is. I know it's an ungodly amount of money. Truly, um, it's just it's it's interesting that Strome could be well, like Strome could basically be the best qualities of Benoit Pouliot when he was with the Rangers. The problem is what made Benoit Pouliot great is he produced without getting paid. It It's like with Strom, we're going to get to a point this year where does the production warrant the money? And I don't think the way he's producing now, look, if Ryan Strom is a 70 point player for the rest of his yeah. career, then you can pay him. Uh, the problem is, I don't think any of us believe that. No, and this I is... I think we're all enjoying it now. This is my but... comparison, Gregory. The the whole world, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, really got into cryptocurrency. They couldn't imagine... Uh, you, yes, you did. Absolutely. And I got out early, and things went okay. Now, some people did not get out early, and things did not go okay. So everyone is infatuated with, well, how would this go? How will this stock or this crypto, how will it fall? You know, the sky's the limit. Lamborghinis. I'm getting out on Strom. If somebody offers me a second-round pick and a very good prospect, here you go, buddy. <laughs> it's all yours. One freshly 26-year-old Ryan Strom. It's all, like, you could have him. He's a point-per-game player. He can play center and wing. Look, he's great. You want to do a first? Oh, my God. Yes, of course you could have him. That like that. If someone offers a first for Ryan Strom, is there is there a scenario like how many points would he would you say no to? Like if what was he at thirty points of the trade line, forty points of the trade deadline, you'd be like, no, we shouldn't trade him for a first. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I don't. I points is like points being a bad way to evaluate defensemen. Points just flat points. Let me is a bad way to evaluate any player. Let me rephrase the question player. then. If if Ryan Strom is still playing at the level he's playing at now, which you would agree is high, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Then if if that's the case, would you want to still trade him for a first at the trade deadline? If that I mean if you can get a first for Ryan Strom, I'm not going to think twice about it. That's my point. I just I I have a hard time believing Ryan Strom will net more than Second. Matt Zuccarello did in a trade at any Matt, point in Matt time. Matt Zuccarello even if, was so close to being a first. Very close. 
Yeah, sure. If again, but it took conditions to get there. Like just flat rate. If you're able to get conditions on a second round pick for Ryan Strom, absolutely. I just I have a hard time believing Ryan Strom will even get you that. My point being, Ryan Strom is the type of player great teams need to eat minutes in the middle of their lineup. Absolutely. No team is going whatever team trades for Ryan Strom, if a team trades for Ryan Strom is not looking to give him 18 minutes a night. He in an ideal world Ryan Strom is basically what we wanted Jimmy VC to be, but Jimmy VC could never be because he's just not good enough. Cuz he's Jimmy VC. It's it's exactly. Uh with Strom it's 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 hard because he's the kind of player we need the Rangers to have when they're good again. Because when he's on the third line, we'd have faith in it. We'd trust it. We'd think it could do something if the Rangers needed it to do something in the meat of a playoff game. The problem is it's like Ryan Strom is, is like a year, two years too early. He's just two this. years too early. Like if Keandre Miller was up, Niels Lundqvist was up, if Carl Hendricks was up, like – and all those kids, Hendrickson, sorry. Carl, Carl Hendricks, I think, owns NASCAR teams. <laughs> Hendrickson. I think Jimmy Johnson races for Carl Hendricks. It's probably true, actually. But if, if Hendrickson was up and all the people were performing and Capo's got two years, Capo's now 20, like Fox is 23, things are cooking. Strom is an amazing third-line middle six player. Like, that's exactly what you want. But you're not going to pay him the money he's going to demand when that time comes. He's also going to be 28 yeah, at that it, point. You're going to have to sign him until he's 33. Yeah, it's... Strom's just tough because he's he's producing at a pace where it's very likely fans will be disappointed when they don't get a high return on investment there and that it's a hard crowd to please. But he's just – it really is just two years too early with Strom. The, Ra- the Rangers are going to need a Ryan Strom type, and I think they're hoping that Ryan Strom type – becomes Brendan Lemieux in a couple years or someone of that ilk. Like, Brett Howden might need to be Ryan Strom when the Rangers are good again, a guy who can slide from center to wing and produce on a consistent enough basis where if you have an injury to Mika Zibetajad and you need to move someone up to your top six, you can lean on uh, Ryan Strom type to eat those minutes in a way where you're not giving – you're not giving up so much that you can't sustain the two weeks, three weeks, one month without that player. Like you need those guys in order to survive. It's why Carl Hagelin has had the long career that he's had. It's why teams still trade for Carl Hagelin at every trade deadline, because that's the kind of guy where Hagelin is Hagelin in a perfect world. You don't want on your top line, but if you're pushed into service for a couple games and you need Hagelin to eat more minutes, you don't feel like you're giving anything up on the back end. It's just with this Ranger team specifically, they're not good enough to have a guy like Ryan Strom command the salary or even honestly the ice time. So I guess we use this entire conversation to we started it saying, is Ryan Strom a guy we need to start thinking long-term with, with the New York Rangers? And it sure does sound like I talked myself out of that own think because quite honestly, I just, when he's an unrestricted, when he's a restricted free agent this year, this is a guy making 3.1. He's going to make more than 3.1, even if you want to go year to year with him. He's probably at or above four million dollars. 
look, it, the, the Rangers didn't get back much for Vlad Domestikov. Uh, they got Strom back for Ryan Spooner, but that's because the Oilers they got a had second just for given Grabner, up on Ryan, though, like just Ryan a year Strom. ago. I think that, and that's the kind of the, the what they're going to go for here. Yeah, but Grabner didn't make that much money either. Grabner, Grabner was living in that three million dollar life. All right. Listen, we got to get to our interview with Eric Young, uh, and we're going to come back and do five-star questions. Remember, if you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to iTunes, search Blue Shirts Breakaway, and leave a five-star review. We will read the questions on the podcast. Let's take a break and get to Eric Young. Transition. Okay, picture this. You're sitting at home. Rangers-Panthers just finished. Suffer a brutal defeat in a close game and a shootout, and you're suddenly you're hungry. What do I do? I, I don't want to go out. I want to stay in my pajamas. It's a Sunday afternoon. The NFL's on now. I'm sad from the Ranger game. DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. It's super easy. All you do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more if you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BSB. That's right. It's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BSB. So, why are you waiting? I don't understand. We just lost. I'm miserable. I binge eat too. Do the same thing. Don't forget, promo code BSB, $5 off your first order from DoorDash. And, speaking of the NFL itself, well, have you guys heard about DraftKings? You probably have, but you probably watched the NFL or you watched all the college games on Saturday or you watched the NFL after the Rangers lost and you were like, okay, I'll... Heal my wounds by flipping back and forth between Jets-Giants. That's a super good idea. Um, this week, DraftKings is running a first touchdown scorer promotion. Just bet on the first touchdown scorer in the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game and get protected with your wager back if they score any points in the game. Listen, you know who I like to score first? Juju Smith-Schuster. That guy's on my dynasty team. Okay, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code QUICK. For a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's code QUICK for all new and existing users to get a deposit up to $500. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey only. Deposit bonus requires 20x playthrough. Sorry, 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Back to the podcast. Hey, we're back with our special guest of the day, uh, WWE superstar and our co-worker. That's right. Eric Young. Eric, what's up, man? Co-worker at The Athletic, I can tell you, uh, I was a subscriber very, very early on. Uh, Craig Custance made the move, and I said, nah, it's fine. I'm following him. Whatever this guy writes, I want to read it. Whatever he talks about, I want to read it. So uh, I was on I was on board early, and uh, now I'm a writer, and the first time I published an article, I cried thinking about what my, my mother would think seeing the, uh, her son, the writer, that barely passed high school. So here we are. You're quite the writer. I got to read some of your articles, which makes me, uh, the athletics sort of reached out to us and it, the whole process happened in like, I don't know, six hours. How did this partnership even come about that were they like, okay, WWE superstar and likes hockey. Let's have him write mailbag. Yeah. Uh, so Nando DeFino is one of my very, very good friends. Um, I met him. I worked with him at, uh, fantasy network fnsty when it first started uh i spent about uh almost two weeks up in toronto basically living at a hotel with him and then appearing on the show every day um met a bunch of the guys through that fantasy sports has been a massive part of my life for about 12 to 14 years uh and i just kept keep getting deeper and deeper down the wormhole it's it's terrifying actually it's uh football and hockey are my two things i don't play any other 
Uh, I did dabble in baseball uh, two years and got last place both times. I said, well, that's enough of that. Uh, if it's not the 1993 Blue Jays, I'm not interested. I could care less. And I know nothing about basketball, so I'm not even going to try. But yeah, fantasy hockey uh, is actually my favorite fantasy sport. I love fantasy football. Uh, I do a fantasy um, football show with Greg Sussman and, and Frank Stanfield out in New York. Um, but yeah, it's uh, fantasy hockey is, is where it's at. It's a grind. Halfway through the year, ask me the same question. I'd give you a different answer. But right now, I'm loving it. Yeah, Eric, I was thinking about this before you jumped on with us, that it actually makes some sense when I was thinking about it that you would be so into fantasy because you find yourself on the road so much that you have to be doing something, right? Yeah. So it actually it actually might provide you more opportunities to get deeper in the fantasy sports because you have so much travel time you have to fill. Yeah, it really does. And with what, with technology, like when I first started playing uh, fantasy sports, not like, uh, you know, I'm not like the guy that like going to tell you about, Oh, I would write down the box scores in USA today. And, you know, I wasn't, I'm not that old. I'm, I'm old, but not that old. Uh, and what, but I can remember like getting into a, a hotel, driving three hours in between shows, then getting into a hotel late at night, checking into like a, a best Western or a holiday Inn express and wanting to get on the computer. And there's some, you know, 68 year old man checking his email with a, you know, a holiday in robe on. And I'm just cursing this guy in my brain. Cause it's two o'clock in the morning and no one should be down there. I should be able to get on there and set my lineups and stuff. Cause I'm not going to have access to a computer again for a whole day, but now it can all be done on your phone as you guys know technology is uh is terrifying and amazing both at the same time but that's it's it's a big part of it is because i i mean there is a lot of downtime a lot of traveling a lot of hurry up and wait uh i like to call it so uh yeah it, it's nice having something like that where i can i i can i can fill up my time with something that i really enjoy what would you say i, I i've always had a hard time getting into fantasy hockey despite hosting a hockey podcast for the athletic I, i'm really big on baseball and i'm really big on football what would you say the number one driver or like what what would what should hockey fans get excited for with hockey? Because there's a lot of stats that aren't like uh, accountable. I guess you give shots like what are yeah. do you do you play in a special league? What, like what are your categories? How does that happen? Yeah, I'm in a bunch of different ones and, and I, I try to do kind of different leagues, uh, all different leagues. So they're all kind of singularly different. Uh, my favorite one is uh, I've been in it. Uh, this will be my third year. I was in it with Chris Meany. It's a, it's a fan tracks league and it's a full salary cap. So to me, I mean, it's as close as you can be to being a real GM that you're ever going to get as a person that's never going to be a GM, uh, someone that will swear to his friends and anyone that will listen to him that I, I could run a hockey team. Uh, you know, or the, the, I mean, that's what fantasy sports I think is at its core. You mean like the, what replaced the, the water cooler talk is now you have the ability to point and say, no, look, I, I, you know, I can do that. I can make the decisions to win and I can make the right choices and, and having a real salary cap where they use real salaries. Uh, you know, so you got to have guys like Sammy blaze with a, you know, a $750,000 salary. You've got to, you've got to roster those guys as well. Uh, and I can tell you, there's a bunch of guys on the, the waiver wire, like Austin Matthews and, you know, Mitch Marner, guys like that, they're, they're so expensive, nobody wants to roster them. So they're, they're often on the waiver wire. Carey Price is known. Uh, pl players like that over 10 million and stuff are, are just too hard to own uh, if you want to be competitive. So, uh, but all my le le leagues are different. And just for me, like hockey is my sport. It's, it's my favorite sport. Um, 
I still play. Uh, I actually, uh, getting off the phone with you guys, I'll be on my way to a, a late night rec league, rec league game here in Nashville. Uh, it's a upper B, so it's a little too quick for me, but I do enjoy the, the, the challenge of it. There's some really good players out there. But yeah, hockey is definitely my, my sport of choice. Uh, it consumes me during the season, and uh, fantasy hockey is just a, another outlet for the disease that I have. I just want to well, follow that, up that real leads, quick. That leads, that leads to two very obvious questions for me. Uh, yeah. One, if you had to give yourself a player comparison, who would it be? Mm-hmm. And two, is there anyone else in the WWE that can compete with you on the ice? Uh, I would say on the ice, no. I know um, Luke Harper plays. He started playing, but he, I think he plays lower C. Uh, he, he's a super modest guy, and he says he's not very good. He's just tall, and he stands in front of the net. He, he loves Dave Anderchuk. Uh, so that, like, is his player comp. But for me, I mean, look, at I, I'm not good. Uh, I wanted to play hockey. You know, I wanted to play in the NHL. And I, and I found out in high school, uh, I grew up in Canada, so uh, it's hockey, hockey, hockey all the time, everywhere you go. Uh, I played, uh, you know, my whole life I, I played. I played uh, not organized hockey until Pee Wee, and then from Pee Wee on up until uh, Midget, I, I played uh, organized hockey, and I played travel hockey, and I, I played house league hockey, and uh, I wanted to play in the NHL, and I played against a guy that had just been drafted to the OHL, and uh, he just had the puck for basically an hour and a half, and there was nothing that anyone could do about it. And that's when I realized well, n- hockey is probably not for me. My my player comp would be like uh, a, uh, maybe a Will Carrier from Vegas. Like I don't play a lot, but like I, I work really hard, and people hate playing against me because every game is important to me because I'm there for the exercise. So I outwork almost everybody on the ice, and I dog every puck. And I would imagine if you pulled most of the people on the other team, they hate my guts because I make them work too. Uh, but I'm there for the exercise. So I, every night I'm a winner. I come out, come away from there pretty sweaty by the end of the game. Do you ever hit From- someone on the ice and be like, wow, I'm a WWE superstar. I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's no contact. If there was, I would be a much better player. Okay, that, that answers my I'm question. Not, people, I'm like uh, the crazy wrestling guy in the league and like everyone, you know, not everyone, but I mean, it's a small community, uh, as, as you guys know, like the hockey community is not a massive community. And in Nashville, Tennessee, football is still king. So hockey, especially people that play, like everyone kind of knows everyone and they grew up playing or they've moved here together, or they've met at open hockey, or they play it on a team. It, it's a very, very small kind of niche kind of corner of the, the sports world in Nashville. Um, so, it, you know, I don't I don't go around telling everyone that uh, I, I'm Eric Young and I work in the WWE, but uh, the, the legend has spread and people give me a pretty wide berth. So uh, if there was contact, I don't imagine anyone would come within five feet with me because I would be destroying people. <laughs> have you have you noticed that is there an unspoken agreement among uh rec league players because i remember it was a couple of years ago but andrew weiner went on puck soup and he was talking about how he plays yep. goalie in some rec leagues around new york city and everyone that plays rec league with him knows not to bring up the fact that he's who he is have you even the guys that know that you're eric young you're a wwe superstar you've been in wrestling as long as i've probably been watching it do people just treat you as a rec league player? You don't get any special treatment, anything like that? Yeah, d- definitely. Like, I'm, I'm just one of the guys when I'm there, which is, is I mean, likely my favorite part. My, my life for the last 20 years has been consumed by pro wrestling. Uh, and, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. Look, at like, I, I'm, I'm one of the very few people that can say 
I'm living my dream. Like it's what I wanted to do when I was five years old and I'm doing it. I've been doing it for over 15 years as, as an occupation. Uh, and I plan on doing it for at least five more, maybe 10, depending. Uh, I, I've never been injured, knocking on wood. Uh, I've never missed a show, knocking on wood again. Uh, and that's, a, I think for me, one of the most impressive things for me, one of my biggest accomplishments is I, I've never missed a single show in, in 15 plus years. I've never had an off season uh, I've never taken a break ever. Um, I'm kind of on a break right now that I'm haven't been very busy the last year and a half in the WWE and, and, uh, they treat me very well, but they haven't been able to, been able to figure out what's next for me. So I'm, I'm on a very, very kind of like laxed schedule, which is fine for me. Um, I get to, to, to do more fantasy hockey and play more hockey while I'm here in Nashville. So it's been pretty cool, but yeah, the, the hockey community has been very, very cool. And as you guys know, you guys, you know, in a peripheral are part of the hockey community is like, everyone's just cool, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, my favorite night of the week is the night I get to go down there and just be a dude on the ice and it gets brought up sometimes. And I think people think, you know, they get a kick out of it. They're like, Oh, like one of my teammates, I've been playing on this team. Uh, the team I play on tonight for, I guess, uh, about a season and a half. And I would say only half of them know that I work for the WWE. It doesn't, it's just not something that I don't, I don't bring it up. It's not that I'm, um, I'm not embarrassed by it, but anyway, I'm quite proud of my accomplishments, but I don't want to be the, the person that we're talking about the entire time we're there. I just want to talk about hockey. You said you've never been injured and you've never missed a show. Well, we've never missed a podcast on a Tuesday in four years. That makes us similar, right? Like we're kind of of the same ilk. Very, very similar. I almost right. ruined your streak. It was, it was, <laughs> it was close. Now we would have figured it out. You know, we would have had a, we got a good call, late calls from NXT come up and uh and take your spot for the night. But yeah, uh, that, that's what happens. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I want to get to WWE eventually, but you did mention a few times that you're from Nashville, and I read uh-huh. and tell me if I'm incorrect in this, you were a, you're a former Leafs fan. Is that true? Uh, no, I'm still a Leafs fan. I, so I grew up a, a dual fanning. fan. Yeah, dual fanning. And I mean, people that, that don't dual fan is like, come on, spread your wings, live a little bit. <laughs> you know, there's no problem to have a side team. I mean, the reality is this. Is I, I was born in Canada. I didn't get to choose that. I didn't, you know, I don't think I would have chose that. I, Canada is a beautiful country uh, filled with amazing people. It's clean. Everyone's nice and polite. They all know how to drive properly. It's an excellent place. Uh, but my quality of life in Nashville is much higher than it would be in Canada. Um, people say, don't you miss free healthcare? And I say, well, if you've ever lived there, you'd understand that it's not free. It's uh, it's one of the highest tax countries in the world. So you're paying for it every day, whether you use it or not. And the healthcare is, is atrocious because it's run by the government. We don't need to get into that. But anyways, <laughs> I grew up a Maple Leafs fan. I grew up about an hour from Detroit. And it, you, you were either a Detroit Red Wings fan or you were a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And, and at that point, uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And and uh, I love Wendell Clark. I think still is my number one favorite player of all time. Um, fell in love with the Maple Leafs, followed them diehard. They will always be part of my fandom. But the reality is, is my team of choice is the Nashville Predators. I, I moved here as a Maple Leafs fan and they won me over. The city won me over. It's this very cool, like, knit, very, very tight knit fan base, uh, us against the world. And almost lost the team in 2014 to uh what's his name Basili, the blackberry guy in, in hamilton ontario that was uh terrifying uh but then this other group came in and i can tell you that i've, I've been to a bunch of games in a bunch of different arenas and there are very few arenas that do it like nashville vegas now is probably the only one comparable but uh i mean nashville is is one of the top for sure five places to see a game in the nhl 
Yeah, it's I I think I speak for Ryan where I say it's on both our lists that I mean it's just it's also the fact that it's in Nashville and there's a whole lot to do yeah. in Nashville. Yep. So it it it's it's hard to imagine a better place to plop an arena down. Uh let's get into the nitty-gritty a little bit since you are a fantasy writer for the Athletic and uh I am in a fantasy league with one of our friends, coworkers, Shayna Goldman and I told her that I'm going to bring you on this podcast basically to give me all the advice where I could finally beat her because she's still in first by a wide margin. Who are who are some guys you're seeing in traditional leagues on the waiver wire that it frustrates you that they're not more widely owned? Uh, so me and Chris Meany, uh, he's my, my co-host on the thing. I mean, the reality is, is he does most of the heavy lifting uh, as a guy that he's from Canada, crazy hockey guy as well, plays, plays hockey still. Uh, lives it, eats it, breathes it. He's a very confused uh, Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, I don't know how anyone could be like that, but uh, he, but he is. He is a Montreal Canadiens fan. But I mean, this it's a moving target. I mean, as as I mean, if you guys have played fantasy baseball, you know it's a long season. Yes, sir. And and uh, I mean, baseball is absurdly long, and hockey is is, is half as long as that. And and it, and to me, it, it probably is too long, but. You know, you get these crazy questions like, you know, like Tampa Bay. If you look at like someone like Kucherov or, or Braden Point, they don't have a pile of points. Well, they've only played like 13 games or, or some some low amount. We were talking about it today. I can't remember the number, but it's they you know, there are some teams that have played 17 games and they've only played like 10 or 11. So, yes, their point totals aren't that of a guy that Calgary that's played 17 games, but they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, like, oh, should I drop a Braden point for, uh, you know, Braden Shen? And I was like, well, if you play in a league with me, you could do that totally. I think that's something that I would support. So I could go get Braden point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the reality is, 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 is patience is an absolute virtue, can be a curse in fantasy sports, but in hockey, it's important. Like if you have that guy and you spend a bunch, you know, high draft capital on him, you got to hold on to him. You got to, you got to wait. Um, Matt Dumba is a guy that I've talked about in the mailbag a whole bunch this year. Uh, I'm kind of getting tired of defending the guy, uh, but he's a guy that I'm, I'm still holding on because I believe he has all the tools. Minnesota is not a good team, but you know there's going to be guys that play a bunch of minutes and pile up a bunch of points, regardless of them winning games. Is there anyone you see on the Rangers that is – Besides Panarin, I guess is the way Literally to go my about question, it. Greg, because, good job. Yeah, every, everyone knows Artemi Panarin is the yeah. truth and is a point-per-game player. But is there someone on the Rangers this year that has really popped out to you, tempted you, made you want to get in on it early? Zabinajad is a guy that I was super high on. And I have, I, I'm, I'm in like six or seven leagues, and I bet you I have him in five of those leagues. Uh, a guy that I love, liked him in Ottawa, and then he went there and he turned into a different player, I feel. And and having Panarin, like you said, he, that, he's the truth. I mean, that's a top 10 player in the NHL, period. End of the discussion. There's nothing he can't do. Uh, so playing with him up to Zabinijad's game, but I do believe that Zabinijad is keeping pace with him, and that line is, is deadly. And whoever gets to play with them, I know I think Buchnevich started the year as the guy on the wing. Uh, I think Kreider played a little bit. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, whoever, I feel like they're going to keep Zabinijad, especially when he's back and healthy. Zabinijad and Panarin are going to play together, and whoever plays on that wing, like, if you can like move around and hold on to a hockey stick, you're going to probably get 30 assists, you know, like it's, it's crazy uh, to th something like that, but that's a, another technique you can use with Sidney Crosby is a guy like, 
Dominic Simone right now is playing with him. And that's a guy that, I mean, I don't, you know, an average person doesn't even know who Dominic Simone is, but he's playing on the top line with Sidney Crosby. He's going to get points. Uh, Kreider is a, is a, a guy on the Rangers. I absolutely love. Uh, I've loved him since his draft year, big, fast, can shoot the puck, smashes people, uh, not afraid to throw his weight around, which, you know, I, I still think is a massive part of hockey. Uh, so that's a guy that I really like. Um, trying to think uh, on the back end. Yeah. Truba is a guy that I think will turn it around there. You know, I, th- I mean, he's playing a ton of minutes and with, with, with that, I, I believe it's just fantasy sports comes down to opportunity that's in football, that's in basketball, that's in, in hockey, but hockey for sure. It's like, he's playing 23, 24 minutes. I mean, it, he's going to get points. There's just uh, the Rangers, I think will become a, a, a better team and a more solid team as the year goes on. Uh, and I think Truba will be a, a beneficiary out of that. If you were, I, I will just say, I, I, I defer to all things fantasy for you, but if you want a, a small nugget, speaking of opportunity, Adam Fox is a guy I think you should own, Eric. Yeah. He's yeah. going to play a ton of minutes, and he's getting more power play time. And uh, you want to talk about passengers with Zibanejad and Panarin. I think Ryan Strom's going to stick on that line. He's already been generating points at a probably unsustainable rate, but his game works with Panarin if you're trying to get someone – low cost that you're trying to eat up in a fantasy league right now. Yeah, he definitely has looked good. Uh, and I, I don't, for me, I, I don't know. You guys are going to know the Rangers more than me, but I just don't believe that he stays at center when, when Zibanejad's back. I believe oh, no, I don't, I don't think so either. I think he'll move to right wing and just play with Zibanejad and Panarin. I think, I don't know. I'm excited for Quinn to prove me wrong. He does it all the time. Yeah. And, and, and I think the Rangers are definitely one of those teams, as I talked about it in my mailbag this week about like keeping an eye on lines and, and the Rangers are definitely one of those. Like, it just seems like he's putting them in a hat and pulling names out. Like, you know, every, every other day, Vancouver's a team like that. Chicago's a team like that. Now um, you just, you could never really guess. And I think part of that is having new people on the team, having young players, uh, and back to your point about Fox is he's looked incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. What, what a grab for them. Um, I can, you know, you guys are, are Rangers guys. I can, the, the, the let, they haven't been great this year, but I think they started well. And I think that they're going to be a competitive team. And I did pick the Rangers to make the wild card this year. Um, Got bad news though, for you, Eric. Got terrible yeah, go news ahead. for you, buddy. Uh, go, go. <laughs> team is not good. Uh, we've won four of the last five. Uh, Henry Lunk was still obviously, uh, in his somewhat prime, despite being 37. But outside of that, all the analytics, any charts, and I know I don't know if you're an analytics guy. I know there's been uh, people who are on offense about that stuff. We are the bottom of the bad, baby, all the time. Uh, I believe the goals expected against us against Carolina was somewhat of like seven or seven thousand, and uh, mm. Hank led in like one really, and Leah Anderson scored another one on him. So it was, uh, it's it's been we've won four or five, but I am really skeptical that we'll make the playoffs at this point. I think p- part of it for me is uh, I don't think I mean this is a long season and I don't think the Rangers are who they who they're going to be yet and and, and I mean this is going to come up now in hockey every year but we can point to St. Louis last year they were in last place in January uh, and I know I'm not telling you guys anything you, you don't know last dead last and they won the Stanley Cup this is another part of the problem with the NHL is, is there's too many games. You I mean, and there's too many games in the middle of the season that just don't mean anything. You I mean like from January 1st on, basically nothing matters for, or before that, before January 1st, St. Louis proved that they were in dead last. 
I do not believe that the New York Rangers will be in dead last. Analytics is something that I do pay attention to. I think it is an important tool for sports, and I think it's an important tool for fantasy. Uh, but but I do not think it is the end all be all. I, I don't think any of it can be pl- replaced by watching and, and and seeing with your own eyes. There's to me, there's just no way. Zabinajad, Panarin, Truba, Butchnevich, Fox has made a huge step. You know, having those players on your team and you not be competitive, the the Edmonton Oilers are competitive with two players and James Neal when he plays on the power play. So uh, if you have Henrik Lundqvist, you have a chance. That's what I believe. And they've improved their team vastly from two years ago. They sent out the letter saying, oh, like, you know, like, sorry, season ticket holders, but we're going to be garbage. Well, that was only two years ago. It's a quick turnaround. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Um, but I don't think I, I don't think I will be. I think the New York Rangers will make the playoffs. Speaking of Connor McDavid, um, this is more, one more of a fantasy question. Cause I haven't played yet, but I've always wanted to play in a hockey dynasty league. Say I have the second or third pick and I, I don't have the option to take uh, McDavid. Who's obviously the number one pick or prove me if I'm wrong there, who would the second or third picks or like, who are the, who are the top upcoming guys that you want to get in the first round of dynasty? Dry Dreisaitl, that's cheating, but that's, uh, I mean, that's that might be, you know, other than Sidney Crosby, but if you're doing a dynasty, I mean, I don't see how you don't pick Dreisaitl second. He's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, another guy I love, and I, I've wrote about him two or three times already, and I have him, I think, on almost every team is Cal McCarr. The guy, uh, I mean, he is an absolute stud. He, he was 20 years old, it went right from, from the college playoffs right into the Stanley Cup playoffs and looked like he'd been playing with Colorado all year. Like, I was like, what do you mean this kid from college is going to come and, and play defense? Like, it'd be one thing to play wing, but playing defense in the NHL, uh, other than goalie, I think it's the hardest position to transition from a, a minor league to, a, to, to the NHL. Uh, there's so many things that you've got to know and so many things you have to be good at. And, and you have to be physical, and he's all of these things. He's an unbelievable skater. He's a big kid. He's not afraid to be be physical, can pass the puck, can shoot the puck. And the reality is is nothing seems to bother him, Is which is the mind, most mind-blowing thing. He doesn't seem like a rookie. He's, he can't even go to Applebee's and buy a beer, and he's still one of the best defensemen in the league right now. It's, it's crazy. Uh, Eric, I got some fun questions for you. Uh, yeah. we, we talked about how you and Luke Harper are secretly the Bash Brothers in the in WWE. Who's the one guy or the the handful of guys in the NHL that you think could step into a ring and hold their own? I mean, I mean, a lot of them would do well, you know. I think because of of their athletic background, and like we we're seeing that, uh, like uh, Tyson Fury, he's a boxer. I mean, like he. Um, he, he's never trained in wrestling, but uh, he's a showman. So he has that. Um, I think Subban would probably be fine because he has a bit of a persona anyways. I don't believe the guy you see on TV is who he really is. I think he's probably, you know, probably quieter and more humble, but he, he turns it up when he's, when he's asked to. So, and that's an important thing. Um, so, I mean, maybe he'd be a better manager than he'd be a wrestler. I don't know, but uh, Burns is a character. Kreider is an animal. I can remember that video of him uh, jumping, doing uh, box jumps out of a pool, out of the, the, the shallow end of a pool. I can remember the first time seeing that and thinking like, well, there's no way that's real. Like a human being can't do that. 
I don't think. And then watching it about a thousand times and showing people like, oh, look at this hockey player. Look at how good of an athlete he is. Because I mean, reality is, is like we're hockey fans, right? But I feel like I'm, I'm most of the time I'm defending the sport rather than promoting it. <laughs> because it is, the, it is it is the the bastard child of sports in in the united states uh which is sad but um i i for my me my trick is is just get somebody to a game get them to one live game and then become a fan it's definitely the best live sport uh i'll never go to a football game again sorry everybody yeah me i'm the same i Good. love football like i'll sit on my couch and i'll watch it from morning I won't. I will not move my from my couch this Sunday. I'll go work out in the morning by noon Central Time. I will be on my couch and I will still be there at ten o'clock when the night game is ending. And uh, but live is 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 painful. I mean, it is painful. And if you spend all the money to go to football, save your money, buy four hockey tickets, and enjoy yourself. Not in New York, but um, <laughs> buy one. Not in Nashville yourself. anymore either, because they're good now, so it's expensive. Uh, let's go back to WWE real quick. So what's going on with you right there? Like, do you have a, are you, uh, are you feuding with anybody currently? What's, uh, what's your current status? My current status is active wrestler question mark. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not really doing anything right now. We, I was in a group sanity and, uh, they decided, well, Vince decided he didn't like that. Um, so the other guys went back to NXT. He requested that I come over to raw. So I've been over at raw for about a year and I still haven't done much. Um, I'll work on main event here and there. Um, but yeah, they're just, they, we've thrown a bunch of stuff against the wall. There's a few things that are in the works right now. Um, I don't know what they'll choose. Uh, I don't know if they will choose. Um, the reality is, but, uh, it, I mean, it's still a cool place to work. It's, you know, I, I've dreamt of it my whole life. Uh, I've done tons of stuff in wrestling and, and by no way, shape or form, if you're listening to this and you're a wrestling fan, am I done wrestling? Uh, still full-time employee of the WWE. Um, they take very good care of me. They are, are very gracious to me and very respectful to me. Um, me not doing anything is nothing personal. It's just uh, the timing is not right. And, and I'm not getting any younger, but, but I've got a lot of tread left on the tires for sure. At uh, 39, I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in my life, which is is something that I'm pretty proud of. Uh, so something will happen for sure. It's just it's just a matter of time. I truly hope and we're not I we're not we're that. not just talking we're not just talking NHL training camp best shape of your life. Like actual best shape of your life is what we're yeah doing. actual actual for real best shape of my life. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, what um hit hit us with some of your favorite storylines that you've worked in your you've mentioned you've been in wrestling for two decades now. What what's what's one of the things that stands out to you as when you reflect on your career, you sit back and go, damn, that was special. Yeah, I think I mean, it's hard to pinpoint one thing. And, and what, this is the coolest thing for me is if you're a wrestling fan and you followed, you know, TNA back in the day or WWE, you know that I've, I, I've had you know, 10 or 15 different characters. Like I, my name has just been Eric Young all the time. Oh, I guess I was super Eric once and was a superhero and had a mask and a cape, but I've done, I've done everything. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's not something I'm not saying. I think I have, I've done it. I, I've wrestled in the opening match. I've been, you know, six time world tag team champion, one time NXT world team ch tag team champion, television champion, global champion, world heavyweight champion, 
two-time X division champion, women's tag champion, like you name it. Wait, what, huh? Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we never, we, me and my, my ex-wife, uh, ODB, we never lost those belts. They took them away from us because they said I wasn't allowed to wrestle women anymore. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. I, I, I even did that. Uh, so I, and I've, I've, I've been the funny guy. I've been the crazy guy. I've been the mean guy. I've been the underdog. Uh, I've been the wrestler. I've been the technician. I've been, uh, I've done a lot of different things. And for me, uh, the versatility for me is, is what I'm most proud of. I don't think I, I'm the best at any one thing, but I'm I'm very very good at several things, which makes me be able to fit in anywhere. Which is is I think part of the reason why I, I've been on been able to be on television for for so long. Like this is the longest I've gone without a prominent role in television, but that's you know almost a 16 year run of being on TV every week. That's that's uh, that's not not easy to do. I'd call that tremendous accomplishment. Uh, before we let you go, because I don't, I, I want to be gracious with your time here, Greg. Do you have any other quick hits you want to hit for the WDB questions? Because you're more of a fanatic than I am. I was I was just going to ask. Uh, it feels like the obvious question. Do you have more fun working heel or face? Mm. Uh, there's good to both. Uh, I think I, I I have been face, you know, uh, uh, the good guy more than I have been the heel. But I can say when I first turned heel in in TNA after. Uh, probably was almost 10 years of being a baby face and being being a very very popular baby face i can remember going to them and saying like oh, i've got this idea where i turn heel and i turn on you know robert rude my best friend and we were both baby faces at the time and i i turned into this kind of psychopath character uh and i did it and and, and uh people believed it and i can remember um uh, sting being like oh i you know when when they told me they were going to change you into to to heal i just didn't believe that you would be able to, to make it work because you were such a beloved character uh which is you know something that he never really did he was he was always a, a baby face uh, mysterious at times but are still always a baby face but um the first time I, I went and turned into a serious serious heel um after winning the world title and then and then uh, kind of turning on everybody and everything and becoming an, an absolute lunatic and going after everyone and pile driving Kurt Angle on his broken neck and choking a, a an ex uh, a war veteran with his prosthetic leg. It was a good, 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 good times for everybody. I love Kurt Angle. He's my favorite wrestler as a kid. So uh, I'm happy you did yeah, that to him. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, and it was surreal. Like he was definitely on the downturn. Um, when, when we were working, he was, you know, you know, slowly phasing his way out. He was still Kurt Angle, um, still, still could go, um, but was pretty banged up. We had a big uh, match at one of the pay-per-views and he was hurting pretty bad, but he said, you know, he, he said like, look at, if it was somebody else and I was worried about them, uh, hurting me or, or, you know, or, or being unprofessional, then, then I wouldn't have never agreed to it. And, and there's a, it's a short list of guys that I would have said yes to. And, and I was on that list. And that, that to me, uh, you know, having the respect of your peers is, is far, far, far more important to me than, than almost anything in the world. And, uh, you know, coming from Kurt and, you know, guys like Sting and, uh, Shawn Michaels, I, I wrote an article for ESPN on me and his kind of like, this weird he's my favorite wrestler of all time and we had this really weird thing where our our lives and our careers intersected at all these really important times in my life um and i wrote a, an article about it and uh, i'm getting kind of choked up talking about it right now but it's uh if you get time and you're interested in wrestling and interested in in anything that i've done it's it's a it's a cool article and about me and Shawn michaels and our 
our weird path to becoming friends and a guy that is it, there's nobody I think better in the ring bell to bell and a guy that that thinks that that I'm pretty good at it too and that'd be like a if you're a religious person the lord coming down and saying you know what you're doing an okay job it's like so me and Kako Kako uh, hung out I get it right yeah if Kako Kako <laughs> came to you and said hey you're really doing really good at this whole podcast thing man I've really been enjoying it started so, a church about it buddy I'll let you know churchofkako.com <laughs> Anyway, well, uh, I, I hope he scores some more points. Shit, me too. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as someone as someone that took him about 10, 10 rounds too early in a fantasy draft just to make sure I had him on my roster, yeah, I hope he scores a little bit more as well. You got to make sure. I advocate for that. Like fantasy sports is supposed to be fun, and, and, and it, you know, if you got to reach to get the guys that you like, then do it. Eric, I is thank there, you so is, much. Is, oh, you got one more question. Go ahead. Go I got one. Last one, I promise. Uh, who's the guy in the WWE locker room that bugs you the most for fantasy advice? Uh, well, the truth is, uh, a lot of guys don't bug me. It's, it's it's a lot of guys play more. Most of them play fantasy football. Uh, I'm in I'm in a league with a bunch of the guys from NXT from when I was down there. Uh, Fourteen team, you know, two quarterback. I mean, absolute savagery. Uh, it's it's really really difficult. A bunch of really good guys in that league, and then an next uh, WWE league with the Miz and. Uh, who else is there? Wade Barrett is still in it. Um, Chad Patton is in it. Uh, Luke Harper's in it. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that, that are in it, and it's uh, very, very competitive. Um, Sami Zayn is actually incredibly good at fantasy hockey, um, but he'll send you like those. He's the guy, the, the one-sided trade. Like, uh, I'll give, you know, how about you give me Hendrik Wallenquist and Panarin, and I'll give you uh, how about it's Anti Ranta and Steve Camper, Clayton Keller. <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> All right, man. Like you know that I watch games, right? <laughs> I actually watch hockey. Come on, can we relax? Yeah, he's he's that guy, but he's I mean he's a good player and uh, yeah. one of the one of the most interesting interesting guys on the whole roster. A guy I love talking with is is just a, a very interesting, very opinionated person. But uh, love talking with him. Sammy's a good dude. Eric, thanks so much for coming on, man. This is awesome. Um, you can follow Eric at the Eric Young on Twitter. We'll definitely be retweeting out that uh, Shawn Michaels story you talked about. And uh, if you'd ever like to come back on, please let us know. This was a great time. Anytime, man. I love talking hockey. I'm telling you, I know you guys are in the eye of the storm. The Rangers will make the playoffs. And I hope we can record this uh, and we can play this uh, later when the playoffs start and we can all – snap a beer open on the show together and say, look, you know what? We're, we apologize, but you're right, Eric. I hope I can drink a beer with you when we're in a top three pick and we're loaded for the next 10 years. That's what I hope. <laughs> well, we so, can just drink a beer for anyway. Oh, yeah, anyways, let's just drink please. beers. That yeah, works for me. Tw- tw- twist my arm. I'll have a beer, I guess. I, guess so. I was just in New York. I, mean, I wish we would have met before. I'm working, uh, uh, talking with the NHL about uh, – a pretty cool project right now. I can't really go into the details of that, but I was just in meeting with Steve Mayer, the head of uh, NHL production and working some, some kind of a cool angle with that. So it's a, uh, my life is wild, man. It's wild. Well, if you ever hey, need man, help, if you're, ever, if you're ever in the city and you need a drinking buddy, we got you. Got we got you, you covered. Buddy. All right. I'm always looking for drinking buddies for sure. We're around. Follow Eric on Twitter and also read all of his hockey, uh, fantasy hockey advice on the athletic where you can get uh, with promo code BSB. Of course. Thank you, Eric, so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys. Have a good night. One of the, my favorite interviews we've ever done. Not even close. Uh, Eric's a great guy. I hope we can one day grab that beer. Let's do some five-star questions. First one. This is from November 5th from Chris Contos. I guess this is about the uh, the Ottawa Senators game, which we recorded right afterwards, but this came in after. Uh, 
How about those refs tonight, guys? Do you feel like we've been unfairly treated by the NHL refs? Sometimes I feel that way, but I think every fan base feels that way. I, I think every fan base feels that way. I just think the refs are bad. Um, the Strom ghost hooking that led to a power play oh goal for the Panthers. God, what a joke. I just it, There was a Truba, was there a Truba push, too, this week where he like hardly pushed the guy. Guy just like t- tumbled over and they called a penalty. I think I remember seeing people angry about that, but I don't remember the play itself. But I, every fan base thinks their team is the most aggrieved because it's the team you watch the most. I, I honestly just think NHL refs just aren't that good. Or maybe they're getting such mixed messages from the league that the league makes it impossible for them to be good at their job. It's it's one, at least one of those things. They're, the Strom call was egregious, to say the least. And I am not a guy that will sit on this podcast and bitch about my team having to take a penalty just because it's my team. It, that's just not a penalty. It's, it's, it's not even like a, what Strom did didn't even greatly impact the game itself. It did because a penalty was called and they scored off it, but the officiating just needs to be better. I don't know how it gets better. I'm not a guy that can answer that question with any sort of, uh, clear cut out plan i just know i know it's bad because it it has to be bad for me to be like god damn this is bad so i don't know they got to do better but no i don't think the rangers are special when it comes to the most aggrieved teams in the nhl i i just think the nhl has an officiating problem this question is for b rocks 111 or 111 rather uh young d I, mean, I don't think he means like Young D, like a rapper or something like that. Just are you? You don't know. Are, Maybe ask him. That's true. B Rocks, what are you talking about? Defense. Hey guys, great show. Thank you. What does it get your opinion of the future logjam we're gonna have on the back end? I feel like that could be phrasing. I don't know phrasing. You guys mm. kind of talked about it this week. Does it make sense to use one of the kids not named Miller or Lundquist as a piece in return for as a piece in return with Kreider, Strom, Georgiev to trade to get a better return? Maybe something we could move up to get higher in next summer's draft or we're sitting with them and see what, what we have. I think this is a really situational question, mostly because other teams kind of know what we have too. We were scouted as the best or one of the best, mostly the best prospect system uh, in the league this summer. And maybe we could add a piece to move up, but like, who would it be? Robertson? Like that's probably the piece. And even then you kind of want to see what you have. Because if you hit on any of these pieces, they're very valuable. To have anyone on a rookie contract, and you know this now if you follow any sport, rookie contracts and great players are the most valuable thing in sports outside of like an important infrastructure. I'm looking at you, the Knicks. So uh, I, I, I don't think we use those pieces to sort of trade up. I, if, if somebody was offering like these godfather offers to get some, somebody that would really change our future, yes, of course we'd throw those pieces in. But, but and maybe I'm giving NHL GMs too much credit here because sometimes they make very silly mistakes. But I'm I'm thinking that wouldn't be the case. Yeah, I I just I try to be out of the habit where I call any player untouchable. Um, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say the only Rangers that should be viewed as untouchable are probably Capo, Fox, Miller, Panarin. I was going to say Panarin, Truba, Capo, and Fox. That's it. Uh, I'd put Miller. If someone in there. like I wouldn't even put Miller in there. It, I, we as a fan, but not just, it's not just the Ranger thing. All fans fall in love with their own prospects. But if, 
if it, well. it took Keandre Miller to get a piece the Rangers desperately needed, like off the top of my head. It's it's tough to say this now because there's no piece that'll magically make the Rangers a playoff team this year. But say say the Rangers next year, with everyone being one year older, if the if Keandre Miller was the piece the Rangers needed to move in order to acquire John Klingberg. Like I'm not gonna say no. It's John Klingberg. Like you go out there and you do what you gotta do for great players. So no one's untouchable. And then at the same time, you also don't trade a kid on a low paying deal just because you have too many of them. Having too many of them is a good problem to have. That's how you win Stanley Cups. That's just what yeah, you do. Yeah, and not just that, but other there are plenty of other teams that don't have too many of a good thing, and they're always looking to acquire one, and you might get one of them to overpay. So when it comes to defensive prospects, the New York Rangers are in a good situation because, sure, there might come a day where the likes of Keandre Miller, Igor Rykov, Ryan Lindgren, Lieber Hayek, uh, Matt Robertson, all these kids might not be able to play on the same blue line, but all those kids also aren't going to hit their ceilings. So you're giving yourself a lot of wiggle room in case one doesn't or two don't, at least two won't. So I, I'm not in any hurry to move a young defenseman or a young player at all. At the same time, if the Rangers are in a position where they feel like they're one player away again, and that one player, you need to trade Keandre Miller to get him. I'm not going to hesitate. You got to do what you got to do. Tough decisions need to be made. If he brings in a great player, then you know what Keandre Miller did? He turned that 22nd overall draft pick into higher stock. And that higher stock netted you a player you wouldn't have been able to draft at 22 overall. So I don't know. I think just be open-minded with all with all the young kids. Understand that not all of them can put be on super clear a New York Rangers jersey. Keandre, I'm irrational. I think a lot of people are. I just love that guy, and I just don't want to get rid of him. I know it's irrational. I, you're right, by the way. I'm just saying you're correct. But I just don't want him gone. That's all. That's why I marked him as... No way. It would take, it would have, it, from where he is in terms of prospect standing and all the things that he does off the ice, it would take a grandfather type deal in order to get the Rangers to move him. I'm just saying, if that grandfather type deal did show up at our front door, do not let your personal emotions of Keandre Miller be the reason why you don't make that move. Makes sense. That's all. Uh, this, this question is a thesis, but it's from FBI 2.0, who was a frequent five-star question writer. So I'm going to break it down. They broke it down for us very kindly into three sections, but it is, is long. So I'm going to try and make it short. Regardless of this outcome of the season, at what point will we be able to determine what the Ranger season will be? I think we've kind of talked about that already, right? It's sort of, it's still a rebuilding year. Despite how, what our record is, we're one game under 500 or whatever you want to call it at this point. Uh, the Rangers are still rebuilding and they are, by all metrics, a very bad team. Uh, so we'll see how the rest of the year plays out, but it's this team's still this year's all about gelling and development. That's it. Any difference on that, Greg? No. Okay. Uh, let's talk about New York Rangers economics for a moment, specifically the salary cap. What are your thoughts on the cu- current and future state of the Rangers salary cap? Do you see any pressing issues this year? What about in three to five years when all the prospects hashtag praise B develop as they should? Um, I think the Rangers have a lot of money coming off the books, with the exception of Panarin and Truba in two years. So I, I don't really foresee a lot of issues, especially, I mean, I don't want to say that, but Hank comes off also. So I, I don't really see a future salary cap issue in the 
extending any of these players. Uh, maybe there will be if we sign somebody to a questionable deal, which could always happen in hockey. But uh, there's no pressing issue this year or next year. We might not be able to sign, I guess, Tony D'Angelo is the obvious answer, uh, where we might not be able to sign him to a long long contract that we might want to anyway. But I'm not sure the Rangers want to do that anyway either, especially with, like, as as we just talked about, the logjam of, of great defensemen coming up. I will, I will, I will say it loudly right now. Mm-hmm. I will legit be surprised if Tony D'Angelo is a New York Ranger opening night, twenty twenty. Wow, twenty twenty. Legit surprised. I wouldn't say shocked, but I'd be surprised. Okay, that's fair. Um, last one. Uh, I, 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 I well, just just to follow that point up. Let me let me mm-hmm. let me hedge a little bit. If Tony D'Angelo is a New York Ranger on opening night 2020, they did another one-year contract in arbitration. He will not be signed to a long-term deal this offseason. I think that is a more accurate, and I, I'm sort of in agreement with you in that in that case, mostly because I think the Rangers don't want to have him here long-term, not because of his personality or whatever, just because I think they, they believe they have better talent and they'd rather spend their money elsewhere. That's it. Yep. Uh, there was a bunch of other parts that I'm sorry if FBI to it, but we have literally eight questions this week. Otherwise, we'd spend all the time in there. We'll ask you your last question though, which is: Is Mookie Betts a Red Sox at the start of next season? If not, where does he go and for what? Really feels like he's not going to be right. Really feels like he's not going to be. And I'm a big high on Bloom guy, as you know. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, big time. Uh, I believe he thinks he shouldn't spend all that money on Mookie Betts if he wants to build the next great Red Sox team. So he is going to load up the farm from another team, and I wouldn't be surprised, and this isn't going to shock you, if he went to the Dodgers. The Dodgers definitely have the pieces to make any trade they want if to they, make. If they gave up Gavin Lux and a couple other prospects, they could absolutely get it done. For Mookie would Betts. they trade both Lux and Dustin May? Yes, they would. They would absolutely do it. They would have no I problem like doing they it. They wouldn't would even think twice. Yeah, Dodgers make a ton of sense. It's hard to you're gonna need a lot of pieces. Like they've got the money, they've got the revenue, they don't care about spending the money, and they've got the know, prospects that the Red Sox are gonna want. You know who's an under the radar? Don't be surprised if this team takes the swing on them. I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if the San Diego Padres pulled something off. Because uh, that's another loaded farm base and they're loaded with pitching. And the Red Sox need long-term pitching outlooks. God. You know, I know, I know they just traded just... Logan Allen at the deadline, but there is so much pitching in that system. Like, if the Padres were willing to trade Mackenzie Gore, the Red Sox not only listen, I don't think you need to add a ton more than that. It's it's a quite the deal if you get Gore, especially on a uh, the rookie contract with the way he's looking to perform. But it's Mookie Betts, I, probably the second or third best player in baseball. Like, I know, I just I think twenty six. Bloom will look at Mackenzie Gore and just be like, "Yep." I have I have the next Chris Sale to replace Chris Sale. The follow-up to and that it, is, how sad is it that Manny Machado and Mookie Betts would be playing in San Diego? It'd be a tough hang. But, yeah, that sucks. Uh, on the day Pete Alonso wins the Rookie of the Year, may I just add, fuck you, Chris Paddock, piece of shit. <laughs> fuck a dick. How'd you do? Didn't even receive a fucking vote. Okay, I like Chris Paddock. Sit, sit on that one, Chris Paddock. Pete is better. You're right. Um... This next question is from uh, John Nielsen from Sweden. 
I think I said that right. Uh, love the show. I'm, what? I'm sure you didn't. I'm, yeah, that's correct. Uh, love the show. What's up with Truba's skating slash footing? He looks shaky sometimes when he's accelerating. Uh, well, I don't. I think I know the play you're thinking of. There was a time yeah, where he, it's the, he, it was the one of the Red Red Rings game yeah. where you were ready to flay him, and I was like, he didn't have his speed under him. Yeah, he lost his edge. Yeah, I just. I don't know what's Truba. up with Truba. It, it feels like he's still adjusting. Like he got paid and is was sort of content, and now is getting up for a rude awakening and is learning the system. I and I also, it, I don't think it's wait, hold on. I don't think it's a content thing. And I, his well, no, I, I wanna, is Hayek. Like that's a, also a big detriment. Yes, I th- I think it's more the fact that Truba is being leaned on in a way he never had to be leaned on when he was with the Jets. The Jets had a competent blue line uh, with Morrissey with Bufflin. It, w- it never had to be just the Jacob Truba show. So Truba was allowed to spread his wings a little bit. Um, I think there will come a day where it doesn't have to be the Jacob Truba show in New York, especially with the way Adam Fox played. We've mentioned Keandre Miller. We've mentioned Niels Lundquist. I think Brady Shea, as soon as the Rangers start playing a more complete defensive style with more players that are beyond just what they have now, we'll see Shea's game return to form a little bit as well. Um, it's kind of like when Henrik Lundqvist plays well, it covers up a lot of deficiencies. And when the New York Rangers play well defensively, it lessens the burden you have to put on goalies. And I think a certain way, that's the problem with Truba, where the Rangers are asking him to do a ton, a ton that he didn't have to do in Winnipeg. And they're not just asking him to do a ton more. They're asking him to do a ton more with less talent around him. So I I don't even know. it. There's no way to get around the fact that Jacob Truba is currently struggling. That's a fact. It's out there on the ice for all of us to see. Um, will it always be this way? I would be stunned. I don't think it will be. I think as soon as the Rangers can actually skate six quality defensemen on a given night, and not just six quality defensemen, but – also nine quality forwards beyond what they're playing right now, then I don't think if we're still having this conversation about Truba when the Rangers are ready to contend again, then we, then we have some concerns, but right now it's a new guy on a new contract in a new team under new coaches playing with new teammates. I I'm going to give him a big grading curve and not fail him at this point in time. It's the first of Seven years with him, he's going to be a big reason why the Rangers are good whenever they get good. I'll allow Jacob Truba to spend this entire year struggling if he needs to. As long as he's ready to go when this team's ready to go, then we're fine. But right now, yeah, no, Jacob Truba's going through one. John, I, don't, I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to dodge that. John also asks any news on Ebert. Ebert, by the way, was the prospect acquired in the Vlad Domestikov trade. He says, "Is there a chance for him to be called up?" Sorry, no, John. That's not. There's uh, no yeah, chance. Yeah, no, no, he, no he, chance whatsoever. He was really shining here in uh, Orboro, uh, Sweden, last year. That he signed at John Longshot. I wonder if his Nielsen uh, translates to Longshot. It's probably the dumbest thing I've ever said. One of them. Um, let's go to the next question. This is uh, from Ray Ray eighty four. Do you know who that is, Gregory? Yeah, that's our buddy Ray Hunt. That's our. That's our our fucking guy if i don't uh excuse my language he says yeah, hey saints speaking of going through one southampton is going through one okay <laughs> there, uh, I'd be, I'd we're at a point now where that. i'm le- i'm legit going to be uh 
going to be surprised if if Southampton's able to stay up in the Premier League this year. It's been not good. Very not good. Ray asks, Lindgren or Hayek? Hey, guys, as always, stellar work on the show. Thank you, Ray. It's been part of my weekly routine for so long now. One of the OGs. Quick question, if I may. You may. In the three years, who who's the better player, Ryan Lindgren or, Le- uh, or Lieber Hayek? Cheers, guys. You're still the best from Ray. Up the Saints. P.S. Next time I'm in New York City, I owe you both dinner. He does not. I agree. Absolutely. You do not. Uh, we owe him dinner, we'll take first you, of all. We will take you out to dinner again. That's right. Um, um, I, I'm a Lindgren who, boy. I know it's short term, but I just like his game so it's, much more. It's, it's the smallest of small sample sizes that we're reacting to. We, we're a big small sample size podcast. I think that's true. Big. Yeah. Uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway. The small sample size of the podcast. That's true. Um, I don't know. I think... Boy, it's it's a really difficult question to answer right now because if you asked us this question in July, there is no scenario where we we don't say Hayek. None. Because we were on the fence about Lindgren being good enough to be in the lineup on a nightly basis. Forget about being good on a nightly basis. Um, He's no player on the New York Rangers – has done more this last three months to change his long-term outlook narrative more than Ryan Lindgren. Uh, boy. Except for Fox. Yes. Even though Fox we knew was going to be great. We, well, we, we expected Fox to be good. We did not expect Fox to be this good this quickly. I, I feel – I felt as good about Fox when the Rangers traded for him as I do right now. I just feel – if I feel better, it's because it's happening sooner. But everything that's happening with Fox is I was Listen, praying Lind- for it. Lindgren might might year. regress. He really might. But everything he's he might. everything he's done so far, and he's playing with Fox, who he's very comfortable playing with, has been impressive. He does a lot of little things correct, and that's all you can ask. Like defense is outside of goalie, as we've mentioned, one of the hardest positions to play, and to play this well that young for to not be an elite prospect and do that is great. He's not a net negative, and that's what I really like about Ryan Lindgren. I think he could develop into something special. Not special. I, I don't know. If he, I don't sorry, know if he, I, take, I take it back. Serviceable. There you go. Yeah, I think again, the conversations we were having about Ryan Lindgren this summer were: is he good enough to be like a seventh defenseman type? And he yes, he's now at a point where I think it would be disappointing if he only becomes a seventh defenseman type. Uh, and it, it also helps Ryan Lindgren that Lever Hayek has been maybe the biggest non-Mark Stahl question mark on the Rangers defense this season, which is part of the reason why it's super frustrating that David Quinn continues to put him on the line with Jacob Truba and feed him minutes nonstop, despite the fact that Lever Hayek has been struggling for a very long time, and it seems like everyone's okay with it. And again, it's another, you're looking for things to put in the 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 Quinn trash bin? It's the Rangers continued inability to evaluate their defensemen, specifically the move they made before the Red Rings game when they said Ryan Lindgren came out of the lineup because everyone was playing well. Uh, they're not all playing well because Lieber Hayek sure is. Um, <laughs> Your voice getting anyway, lower and lower as you did that was certainly something. Yeah, I it, because it's all to say that I think right now, in this very moment, I think I still have to go Hayek because I just think his ceiling is higher. Um, it's it's a It's an awkward situation where I'm confident Hayek's ceiling is higher than Lindgren, but I'm also confident that Lindgren's floor is higher than Hayek's. I just believe um, in Lindgren's game more because it's it's just a different style. It's a it's a style I prefer uh, for a defenseman who can really sort of 
sort of be invisible while still impacting the game. I guess that's the yeah, way Yeah, and I, I, there's also a chance that the Rangers are just trying to pionk Hayek and turn Hayek into a piece ah, the old later down the road. Theory. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, think about it. The Rangers turned Nick, Nick Holden into a third-round pick, which became Joey Keane. Love that. And then they turned Neil Pionk basically into Jacob Truba. Maybe they're trying to work some more magic on Hayek and deal him for a piece they desperately need. Like We I still have maybe. a ton of five-star questions at this point, and I want to thank everyone for doing this because it's incredible that you do. Uh, again, if you want to leave one, you can go to iTunes and leave one a five-star review, and we will read it on the podcast. Uh, this is from Sean Nuzo123. Hey, Greg and Ryan, I'm a junior at Cornell. Congratulations. Show and, off. Yeah, for real. Well, humble brag. And so I've been shout, able to, shout, out, shout out our boy Morgan Barron, though. That, so I've been able to watch Morgan Barron since his freshman year on the team. Let me tell you, I haven't seen a college hockey player control play like he does since Adam Fox single-handedly carried Harvard's team on his shoulders. Just mm-hmm. last night, he scored Cornell's third goal by storming into the offensive zone on a solo rush of sniping top 90 over Brown, the Brown goalie. It was gorgeous. I'm trying to get to the part of the question here. Moral to see, writes a more story. When do you, th- <laughs> I guess he's just bragging about how great Morgan Barron is. I don't, I, he's I'm been sorry. great. I, I know would, he had a hat trick this weekend. Too. I would read the rest of your question, but it, it, it is just bragging and, uh, about Morgan Barron. I'm very happy for you. Moral of the story, I'm amped to get this guy because he's so, going to make such an impact and people aren't expecting him. My question for you guys, what do you think Igor is, when, when do you think Igor is going to see NHL ice? He's ripping it up in Hartford and deserves a call. This is, this is an Igor question after that <laughs> yes. long Morgan Barrett setup? Surprise, motherfucker. I go to Cornell. Oh I wonder about I Igor. This, M. Night Shyamalan, take notes. Sean says, love the pod. Keep it up. Praise be. Hashtag praise be. Church uh, for, I, I do want to say, if the Rangers get anything out of Morgan Barrett, it's so rare for any seventh-round draft pick to actually make the NHL. So the fact that Morgan Barrett is actually – become a prospect and will have an at, at least AHL career um, is a credit to the Rangers scouting department that I don't think, I think sometimes it's easier for us to just dunk on the Rangers scouting because they've made a lot of questionable decisions over the years, but them getting any kind of value out of a seventh round draft pick like Morgan Barron, who is continuing to blossom in a competitive college hockey league uh, props to them. And it's good for the future. When do I expect to see Igor up this year? I'd really be surprised unless it's injury related if he's here before February. Same. I just think it's trade deadline. There's no other way. I don't I people have been asking he's been dominating in Hartford and it's great to see. And it's it's caused some people to ask the boy, he's going to make the Rangers decision difficult and soon. I don't know about the end soon part. Like if and it, it depends on what you mean by soon. I I think Training camp next year is going to be mighty interesting, but I don't know, man. This is another situation where things just tend to work themselves out. I don't, I don't think necessarily Georgiev is here for the long haul. I also don't think we need to call Igor up because he's had eight great games in Hartford. I just keep letting him cook in a situation where he's clearly succeeded. Do we really want to put Igor in front of this? that we see from the Rangers on a nightly basis? Like, do we want Igor facing 90 shot attempts from the Hurricanes and possibly getting fucking demoralized by it? Like, Hartford's playing a successful style of hockey right now. Igor is in his first year here in North America. I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping Igor in Hartford for the entire season. I, I don't think that's a problem. If he comes up, I think it's because Georgiev got traded. And then he'll just do what Georgiev's doing now, which is basically 
what, 40% of Ranger games will be started by someone not named Henrik Lundqvist? Yep. Uh, I, I, think that's I, I don't know. Also. I just, yeah, I just, I don't think, I don't think there's any rush. I know people want to say there's a rush because he's playing really well. I really don't know why you would want Igor playing behind this currently constructed New York Rangers team. I just got it, it, a it kind of blows my mind. notification from uh, our our company, I guess, The Athletic. It's from Baggerly. It says, why I didn't vote for Pete Alonso. Apparently he had, um, the quote I saw is like, I didn't do this to be um, controversial. Here's the thing. Mike Soroka had a really fucking good year for the Braves. Absolutely did. Uh, we got two five-star questions that we'll do baseball. Two more. Fine, fine, then we can talk fine, baseball. Fine, sorry, 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 fine, sorry. Fine, sorry. Fine, Just want to get yeah, to that. Yeah. I want to help the people. You know, that's what it is. Also, while we're here, uh, fuck Don Cherry. Long time coming. Should have happened sooner. Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't get inspired from Sportsnet. There you go. Um, <laughs> we would have if we said that shit, though. <laughs> that's, that's a thing. That's a fact. Uh, five-star question. This is from Gunslinger2094. I love saying that. Great show, guys. It's quickly become the highlight on my commute. After watching the game uh, versus the Panthers and the shootout loss, I am reminded how much I miss a good tie game. When is the NHL going to do away with the shootout? It should. It should. absolutely it should. should. Be, it should be 10 minutes of three on three. and I'd settle for eight and then go to and the tie because I don't think the CBA lets them do 10. I don't know why. I think the players, they just fight against it. Sure. Uh, here's the thing. There was never anything wrong with the tie. There's everything wrong with the NHL point system that enabled teams to play for ties. Three one zero, baby. Need, that's it. Just just adopt the soccer style point structure. Three points for the win. Uh, one point for an overtime loss. Or no, yeah. Yep. One point for a tie. I honestly wouldn't even give a point for an overtime loss. I just think bring back the tie. I think that's fair. I, three one zero yeah, is the way I go to three one three one zero, and also three one zero does a really good job of separating the contenders from pretenders. It would, I get that. There's the Rangers, by the way, incentive. had fourteen loser overtime points last year, I believe. So, yeah, it's too many. Quite bad. It's just it's one of those things where I get why the NHL wants to do it because the more teams you keep in the race, the the more successful your teams will be and you you'll come into messes where a team like the new york rangers is absolute dog shit all year long it doesn't even deserve to be within shouting range of a playoff spot and yet because of awarding teams to get to overtime and not properly awarding teams that actually win hockey games all of a sudden the rangers are only six seven points out come trade deadline and then fans are asking ridiculous questions like, oh, well, if we just get hot, we can make playoffs. Yeah, but your team sucks. So what are you going to do in the playoffs? I don't know. I just – three one zero is it makes the most sense for a league that is determined by points and not games. So just do it. Get rid of this silly shootout. Who likes the shootout? No one likes the shootout. It's, it's for – I guess the argument for it is the fans at the game at least get a result. I think that's the that, that's what they would fans say. Fans who go to soccer games and fans who go to soccer games and see a draw. It's different. I don't think they get. I don't think they get cheated. How is it different? I think it's just the American culture doesn't like ties, and, and Canadian. I don't think that's true at all. I think soccer's doing perfectly fine in this country. It's just it's, it's the I, I sport think we, that keeps getting the most ratings. I'm just playing basis. devil's advocate. I I believe that's well, what they would. Your tell advocacy you. is stupid, and you should be fired. Thank you. You, sir, should be fired. 
for having that opinion. Ryan Apple Bring back over the tie. Here. Jesus. Long live the tie. Uh, this is the last one from, it's from Green from CT. It says, Church of Cocko Beanie, churchofcocko.com. Ryan and Greg, my girlfriend just bought me a Church of Cocko Beanie for my birthday, and I couldn't be happier. We're going to start selling engagement rings soon, too. So uh, And just, I'm going to get uh, ordained, and I will do your wedding. You're got, you guys always wonder why you're nobody so wants that. You guys always wonder why you're so popular. And honestly, the answer is you guys talk Ranger hockey for average Joe and you do it well. Hmm. I think that's nice. I, I, I still don't that doesn't forgive the psychopaths that listen to the entire BSB. I, I school hamburgers, baby. It was never a hockey fan till till her. I started dating her about four years ago. Congrats. I will oh, do man. your wedding. And if oh and, my God. and your pot is maybe for his me. sake, for his sake, I hope he doesn't ever <laughs> break up with her because he's gonna be gutted. Uh and you I would your pod makes me love the Rangers even more, etc. Uh, since I have, I have a question to ask, I guess it's a good uh -huh. time for you guys to answer. Why is Henrik such a legend? What makes him so good? Love the podcast. Shout out to Matt Green in Mississippi, who is guaranteed the biggest Rangers fan in Mississippi. Thanks, boys. Praise be. Matt Green legitimately is the only Ranger fan in Mississippi. The only hockey fan in Mississippi. <laughs> if, there, if there are more people in Mississippi, uh, let's see. Code, code word... Um, Pumpkin lollipop, if you're in Mississippi, <laughs> have made it this far in the podcast, and you don't want people to know you're from Mississippi, but you want us to know yeah. you're from Mississippi. Yeah, hit us up. Pumpkin, pumpkin lollipop. lollipop. That's that's, that's all you have to tell us. I do like this uh, new trend we have going on. Uh, what what, what makes, makes Henrik Lundqvist great? It's uh, for that you guys need to go to Kat Silverman. She's phenomenal. She'll know more about individual goalies and what makes them tick more than you and I ever will. She'll forget more about goalies in her lifetime than we'll ever hope to learn. Um, I will say this to about answer the Henry question. Clinton. Like Hank just was a great story, a late round draft pick who turned into, well, a late round draft pick was also a goddamn model who turned into one of the best goalies of all time, who just had many years of not having an offense in front of him, having good defense. And then it's switching has just been through up and downs of every single part of hockey. He's lost Stanley cup finals. He's won a gold medal. He's accomplished everything but raised the cup at this point. He's done everything you need to do to make your make your name as a goalie and more. And he's been tremendous the entire time. And he looks well, tremendous while doing it also. I think it goes a little bit beyond that. I think every fan base gets excited when one of their own becomes great. That's fair. But I do I do think New York takes it to another level. When a player is drafted or signed as an amateur by a New York team and they become greatness. Uh, we carry those guys on pedestals, maybe a little higher than other fan bases do. Of course, this is easy for me to say because I live it and experience it. And it's not like I give a shit what the Tampa Bay lightning do with Steven Stamkos. So it's not like I have anything to really work off of. And I'm sure if Matt Estevez was on this podcast, he'd say the lightning fans do the same thing with theirs. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, it's just every every team in New York carries their homegrown players a little higher than other stars, right? Like, if the Rangers win a cup with Artemi Panarin, of course it'll be special, and of course Panarin will go down as a legend. But if Hank won a cup, it's like Jeter winning rings. It's like if Ewing ever won a ring. It's like if Wright ever won a ring. It's like, it's why Giant fans, I think, had such a hard time passing up on Eli Manning. And then even when they two. got to that point, it still, it still was difficult for them to get past it. Honestly, Joe Namath winning a ring with the Jets as a homegrown Jet is probably the reason why he's in the fucking Hall of Fame. So, like, New York 
idolizes their homegrown talent in a way that creates legends. And it's hard to do. It's why every team probably only has – the Yankees not included because they're fucking psychopaths and they somehow cheated back in the 1920s and 30s. So that's not the point. But it's like – it's just – it's different when a player achieves greatness in New York as someone that was drafted and chosen by New York. And uh, I, I don't know if our, if our friend has lived in Mississippi his entire life or if he's moved there recently and he grew up in New York. It's just this town – it just it builds legend in a way I don't think any other town does or can. Maybe I don't know. I I feel like there's so much going on in Los Angeles that it's just LA's. I I was just in California. There's no way if you're unless you're a Laker, it doesn't matter. Boston Boston does. Um, Philly doesn't because fuck Philly. Everything about it, it's a shithole. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's different when you're drafted by a New York team and then become great. We really ramp it up to a hundred when that happens. Like if Kako ever gets there, I think it's part of the reason why it's part of the reason why the Chris Stapps um, breakup was so difficult. Dude. And that, because I can't talk about the Knicks right now. It's that's the saddest franchise. I, it's, it's hard to even look at them. It it's, really it's is so hard. And it's so hard to come to terms with everything going on with the Knicks because everything that goes on with the Knicks is on Dolan's resume and it deserves to be on Dolan's resume. At the same time, I cannot think of an NHL owner that is better than James Dolan. It's I can't I, think of it's one. It's crazy. I think maybe the Vegas owner, but other than that, like that's been two years, you know, it's, it's, it's James tremendous. James that, Dolan spends uh, money and lets people run his organization and is very yeah. happy about it. That's yeah. it. He just doesn't give a shit about the Rangers, but he is happy to sign the checks. And I don't, I just, if oh, you can get there. You want our Tabby Pedaire here? Yeah, sure. I don't care. I just think it's just it's one of those it's things bad. where the people Dolan has trusted with the Rangers have just turned out to be good, whereas the people Dolan trusts with the Knicks have turned out to be Isaiah Thomas. And everyone else. Perry, Fisdale. I mean, I feel Jackson. bad. For, I feel bad for Fisdale, man. Mills, I don't feel bad. Mills. I think I don't think is there a coach I I do you have another five star question before I ask this question? No, we're done with five star questions. Is there a more overrated coach in professional sports than Fisdale? Uh, yeah, like who coaches the Giants? Pat Shermer? Who coaches the Giants? I don't know, because even then, even then you can be like, well, Gettleman's an idiot. So it's hard. We, we'll never know what Pat Shermer could do because he's tied to Gettleman. I guess it's I, just like, I, I've seen. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Even when Fisdale was a great assistant with the Heat, right? That's where he got That's his true. name. He got the LeBron stamp of approval. He did. Yeah, but how hard is it to be an assistant coach for fucking LeBron James? I guess how hard is it to get the LeBron stamp of approval, too? J.R. Smith also got that. Tristan Thomas, Thomas got that. Thompson, Thompson. sorry. I, I fixed it. Um, also also received that Ty, stamp. Didn't Ty Lue get it, too? Ty Lue did it, but Ty Lue also won the one of the greatest NBA titles of all time. Well, did he or did LeBron coach that team when he just wanted his buddy standing there on the sideline? <laughs> I don't know. It's just I feel like we need to separate – everything from LeBron's universe and just assume that it's great because if, of LeBron. If I'm the Knicks, I go to the Red Sox and say, how much for high on bloom? That's, that's what I do. Like, I just don't, or I, I know there was a bunch of stories today that was about uh, Uziri, which I also can't say his name. Why can't I do his first name? Majai Uziri? No, I can't do it. Um, the Toronto GM, um, and who's obviously a very talented 
scouter and developer. One, one got Kawhi and won the whole thing. Uh, I think that would be a tremendous get, but I don't think why. Well, I don't. He see was why also he, he was he was great with the Nuggets before he went to Toronto too. I don't right? see Isn't why, that where he came from. Yeah, I believe so. I don't know why he'd ever leave Toronto at this point. Maybe if he was looking for the next great thing and got paid out of his ass by the Knicks. Well, I think it's one of this is the situation where it makes perfect sense to leave Toronto because he'll never be able to do what he did in Toronto again. Yeah. So might yeah, as well but leave. Pascal Siakam is now a goddamn monster. And he just signed him for a max. So uh, now so, you got your guy. So fine. He's st- so he's done Toronto their favor, and now it's time for a new challenge. Yeah. Listen, if, if that's that's probably the one key to saving the Knicks right now. I can't think of anything else. You need a guy yeah. like that. Yeah, Theo Epstein. Theo. Theo definitely. I mean, there. look, he broke the curse in Boston and Chicago. Yeah, that's last. That's hard to, the it, last challenge that's is that's the New York Knicks. It is impossible. That's everybody's final challenge. Yeah, I don't know. It's the Knicks. The Knicks are so broken, and it's one of those it's, – it's part of the – here's the thing. Who was actually expecting them to be good? I think I was optimistic if, they could win 30 games this year. If Durant didn't tear his Achilles, I still believe he's a Nick. The good news is R.J. Barrett looks fine. That's what you just said, <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's 19 playing with shit. Like, do you want me to say he looks great? No. I don't want to lie to people. You're right. But it's like outside outside of Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, what is on this Knicks team that we expect to be here long term? We're not even show, sold on Frank yet. It, it's a crime that Mitch, Frank isn't just starting every game. Mitchell Robinson. Oh, my, how dear, how, dare myself. What's wrong with you, buddy? Mitchell Robinson. It's because he's got a concussion, and I'm, I'm just fucking sad about it. Well, we tied Dynasty Basketball. All right, we this is a two-hour-long oh, podcast. Speaking of which, I yeah. forgot to change my life. I got your back. We're, we went 4-4. Four, four. You had eight players going the last day, and I you took it from 7-1 to 4-4. Four, four. I was super happy. You can follow oh, us. Good, good, uh, good for us. Yes, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at O-Ryan-Mead, O-H-Ryan-Mead, and Greg is at Blue Shirts Break. We post this podcast every single week. This week, we had a WWE Superstar. We have a very special guest potentially coming up in a few weeks that I cannot wait to announce to you, but we cannot tell you, and don't ask me because I won't. All right. Um, anything else you want to say before we get out of here, Greggy? Yeah, uh, last thing I want to say, we live in a world where I started Jared Goff and Stefan Diggs in fantasy yesterday instead of Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton, and it's going to cost me the playoffs. You made a mistake. All right, I love you guys. We'll see you next week. You can also follow us. Of course, you do this for BSBOT at The Athletic. What's wrong, Greg? I fucking forgot that our stupid basketball league only does pickups on Monday, and I didn't make any today. Only Mondays, baby. Uh, you can God follow. You can join us on the athletic. Theathletic.com/slash/bsb forty percent off today. Love you guys. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.